0: Today's football news is with thanks to FujiClean, manufacturing sewer treatment plants since the 60s with over 3 million systems installed around the globe. Call one
1: 733 619 or visit fujiclean.com.au
2: time to talk all the football news uh, and of course we're joined as always by producer James Clark Morning Clarky Hey boys how Hi are you James Very well and uh, former Socceroo uh, Scott McDonald tell us what's been happening locally of course the big news with Graham Arnold re-signing and local results and also the FA Cup uh, Morning uh, Scott how are you Good morning very well guys thank you Yeah Scott uh, I guess the big news uh, out of yesterday was the the re-signing of Graham Graham Arnold after such a successful World Cup campaign. He's, he's signed on for another four years, so uh, we'll have, in that time, we'll have, the, obviously, the World Cup qualifiers and Asian Cup and, and possibly and hopefully another World Cup.
0: Yeah, look, I, I think it's very good news and and very stable news for obviously the, the Socceroos and, the, and Australian football. with Graham Arnold job was probably in question uh, during the qualifying campaign. Um, A wonderful World Cup run, but at the same time, I'm not going to be disillusioned by this. He needs to do a lot better um, in terms of the qualification process um, and and how they get there for the next World Cup. He'll know that as well. He'll know there's things to improve on. I'm not saying anything that he doesn't know already, um, but it's a wonderful starting uh, place for him this time round rather than the last time round. Um, and the squad will be full of confidence and he can really build on that and hopefully bring a few more uh, younger players uh, to fruition as well for the Socceroos. But I think they're in a really good space as well in terms of the amount of players now that are playing their, their football overseas again. Um, I think they can only help uh, the cause for for the national team as well.
2: Yeah, you're right, Scott. It's uh, w- w- Let's just have a listen to to Graham Arnold. No one, um, no one is more passionate about the Socceroos than than Graham Arnold. But let's let's have a listen to what he what he said yesterday.
1: I just love him. I just uh, every time I put that Socceroos shirt on or I'm around the Socceroos, it just uh, I bleed green and gold, and uh, it's just a, a special. Always been a special time in my life where. Yeah, you know, whenever uh, you're in the Socceroos culture, you're in with the Socceroos. It's always a special moment. This is just the start. You know, the uh, the last was uh, obviously in Qatar was a fantastic achievement, but. uh there's plenty more to come. I had interest from overseas, but uh, I want to help Australia and help Australian kids. As I said to uh, JJ uh, in Qatar and that, if I did consider to stay on, and I want to stay on, it's not just about the Socceroos. It's I want to help Australian kids. I want to help the Pathways. I want to help get the Socceroos a home. You know, it's it's crazy to think that, uh, you know, the Socceroos don't get any high-performance funding from the government. Probably what inspired me the most was... Seeing those fan sites, seeing how the Socceroos reunited the nation, and seeing how many people love Australian football. And uh, just to see that was uh, something, again, that's just driven me even more to, you know, help the game as much as I can over the next three and a half years, not just the Socceroos.
2: Yes, Scott, um, important words there from from Graham Arnold, and, and you did. Mention, uh, you know, the World Cup qualifying, and we've, we've got to do better in that space. I mean, the easy part, really, for a manager is 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 at going to the World Cup. It's but it's getting there. It's the difficult part. And he he touched on, uh, we need a home for the Socceroos. I know England have St George's Park. Italy, they've got their base in uh, Florence. Spain uh, have one in Madrid. All of the big nations around the world have a, a, a base, don't they? Um, how important would that have been when you were part of the soccer is to feel like you've got a, a home base? Look, uh, he's not saying anything that anyone that has experience
0: in the game now is saying. You know, like I've been saying this for years as well since I come back that you know since the Australian Institute of Sport has you know been uh, you know taken away from from the game itself, and and that was a huge uh, development space for Australian football, Um, you know, the Socceroos or or anyone hasn't had that sort of home or or development space, and I think that's pretty much where he's going in terms of, it's not necessarily, you know, uh, a home for the Socceroos to go and train at, it's just what you can do in, in, in terms of a development space with that home. Um, and I think that's the hugely important thing uh, from a high performance perspective that your youth set up be able, is be able to come through that like a Clairefontaine in France. You know, it's, it's, it's amazing what they do. Um, and since we, like I'll repeat again, since we took away this transition sport, we haven't got that development pathway and none of our kids actually really know how or what the pathway is in this country to get to the next level. And that's a real worry for me. And. Has been since I come home, and I've got a young son myself who loves the game. So, um, and I know you do, Clarkie, as well, and, yep. and, and grew up through it. So, we're all asking the same questions. Let's stop playing politics and, and let's get on with it. Um, stop looking at the individual pockets of FA's uh, around Australia and come together, and then let's let's grow the game together and, and make sure there's a there's a home and, and a pathway for these young aspiring players to to go to.
2: That's absolutely right, Scott. And uh, not only uh, on the male side of things, but on the female side of things. And if we move to the Women's World Cup, it'll be here before you know it in Australia. I think uh, the first game of the uh, Matildas play is 20 July. Already ticket sales have meant that uh, their opening game has been shifted to Stadium Australia, which is uh, a great sign. Oh, it's wonderful! It's wonderful! It's
0: going to be hugely exciting, and it's going to be a real reality check for the non-football lovers how big this is going to be. Um, because you know, there's going to be people travelling far and wide for this, and uh, it's going to be a huge spectacle. Uh, what I do like about it a little bit as well is that there has been, you know, from the, the government perspective, uh, support in terms of you know building um, local facilities. We've seen it in, in Brisbane already in terms of for sort the of build-up for this uh, Women's World Cup that. Some of the local MPL clubs are actually you know, getting funding to to make their facilities better for to be in training venues for uh, some of the nations that are coming over. We're seeing the Morton Bay new training facility, which Brisbane Royal will be taking over after um, the Women's World Cup as well. So there's a little bit of a legacy there, and hopefully it can leave uh, you know, a huge legacy once it's finished as well.
2: Now, uh, we'll just quickly touch on the FA Cup results from the weekend. Scott, uh, City narrowly knocked out Arsenal with a 1-0 win in a close one there. Um, you'd have to think, Arteta, uh, he would have been happy with... Uh, not not happy going out of the FA Cup, but happy with how they competed against City at home. Uh, and there's also that uh, another loss uh, to Brighton by Liverpool. So they're out. Uh, and then we've got the game this morning, Derby taking on West Ham. But, uh, and, and another great story is Wrexham... Uh, they've continued their rise um, almost going through, but uh, they've got a replay now against Sheffield United, but um, some great scenes uh, for, with their fans and just the, the, and the nature of it with Ryan Reynolds, uh, part of the ownership team there at Wrexham.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and that's what the World Cup's... Uh, sorry, the, the FA Cup's about, isn't it? You know, in terms of these smaller teams doing well against the, the, the bigger sides, and as much as there wasn't any upsets, really, there was a lot of draws and replays within, within the... Uh, the FA Cup over the uh, over the weekend there. Sunderland obviously getting a good draw away to Fulham as well. You mentioned Wrexham there getting a great result. Um you said about West Ham are actually beating Derby at the minute one nil at half time. Spurs getting their job done at Preston. You know, it was a tough place to go, I felt. Um Casemiro standing out for Manchester United once again getting a double. He's been absolutely wonderful for them and and Liverpool, wow, it's just it's going from bad to worse, isn't mm. it? I think we said that we fancied Brighton to you know, beat them. They've got a good record against them, and they've done it once again. Um, so Jurgen Klopp, you know, the pressure continues for them, and uh, they have to get back to their league now and try and build some sort of league form to try and get in that top four, which is going to be hugely difficult this year.
2: Yeah, we know they've got the injuries, Liverpool, but yeah, it's been a horrible start for 2023. Talking of draws, Scott, um, we had four draws in the A League over the weekend, but um, the one team that didn't draw was. Uh, Brisbane Roar, who uh, have had the most draws this season, but uh, had a night to forget in Newcastle, going down four-nil uh, down there, and uh, just, uh, it just they just weren't in that game, were they? Like they started okay, but um, when Newcastle got those goals, a couple of real defensive lapses there by the Roar, and that they were gone i tell you what, I must have put the jinx on them. Yeah, I but, uh, think you did. There's,
0: been, there's not been many a time that I, this year I've sort of picked them just because of the lack of goals. And once again, no goals, you know, 10 yeah. goals in 14 games. Says it all really for me at, uh, in terms of for for Brisbane Raw this season. They just don't have that killer instinct in that side. Charlie Austin leaving them, you know, in December. They still haven't replaced him, which is crazy. And, um, there's been three or four other players left. They're, they're low in their roster at the moment. They haven't got the amount of players that they should have and they need to get that right before the window shuts. It just doesn't look great uh, at Brisbane Raw right now. And, um, you know, Brisbane, you know, Warren Moon's been sort of patching up the holes throughout this season and um, they're starting to appear again. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how they respond um, after that, you know, sort of 4-0 drumming over the weekend. Obviously, the... The big blue as well, Sydney FC getting a you know one over their their big rivals. Melbourne victory, another poor result for victory, lying you know right at the bottom of the table. It's it's a huge shock to me and everyone else. I think to see them there after you know sort of the rebuild of last season under Tony Popovich, that it's just gone to pop again, and uh, they see themselves bottom of the league. It's not been a great season That's all for them on or off the park, and they need to get that turn around. And we always know that. A good Melbourne victory always is, uh, you know, helps the A-League be successful. So we want to see them do well. But there was some excellent games on the weekend, Clark. You know, yeah. Lots of goals and uh, lots of
2: entertainment. One game that was a beauty was the Central Coast Mariners and Western Sydney Wanderers and two teams that uh, particularly, you, you don't go out to, to coach a team to play attractive football, do you? But um, it, it's, that's what we got on, on the weekend and just some some wonderful football for, for the fans to, to soak up, even for the neutrals. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm yeah, Central
0: Coast Mariners are
2: the the best team to watch right now. They're very free, free
0: flowing and they've got a lot of character in their team. They've got big characters in their team who show up and uh they certainly play that way. And obviously Jason Cummins has been huge and obviously with the loss of Qual they they haven't seemed to have suffered that and uh you know they're just going to keep going, I think, and they're going to be there or thereabouts. You know, come the finals, and uh, they'll be a dangerous team once they get there.
2: Now the Carabao Cup, the the old League Cup, uh, second leg games this week. We've got to get your tips for these ones. Uh This is the second leg, so Newcastle taking on Southampton. Newcastle favourites in this one, a dollar forty-two. Southampton, I thought you competed really well with them in that first leg, uh, which went to to Newcastle one-nil. But uh, they're seven dollar fifty outside as a draw, four twenty-five. And this one's at St James's Park, which is. As you know, it's one of the toughest places to go to to play football. And the other one, Manchester United, your boys dollar forty-five uh, favourites against Nottingham Forest. Uh, Manchester United leading that one uh, 3-0 from the first leg, and this one's at Old Trafford. Yeah, look,
0: you can't see past the two favourites, can you? Newcastle being at home now, a difficult game away from home with Southampton, but... I think now the focus really is on, you know, the Premier League for Southampton. They need survival. Um, it would have been wonderful for to see them get to a, a final, but I think it's just going to be one step too far. Newcastle will be far too strong at home. The other game's an interesting one because it just depends on what Eric Ten Hag actually puts out on that field and how serious it's been taken um, now that they're 3-0 up and pretty much in the final itself. Um, but I still think... Even if he does put a second string out, which I think he will, I think they'll just get over the line uh, in a tight game against Forest.
2: And uh, quickly, your thoughts before we uh, go to the news. Uh, Sean Dyche, he's been appointed the manager of Everton. A tough task, and his first game this weekend is up against Arsenal. Have only lost once this season. Do you know what? I think he's the right man for the job. I think all the
0: yep. talk of Bielsa would have been very difficult at this time You know, for him to bring in his training philosophy when they need results immediately. It's kind of odd as well, the reports coming out that he didn't want to coach the first team. And this year, just the under s, which was interesting. But um, look, Sean Dyche has got plenty of experience in the Premier League and, and look, if, it, if worse come to worse and they did get relegated, he is the man to bring them back up as well, as we've seen with Burnley. He's, he's managed to bounce back on a couple of occasions with them, but you know, it's going to be uh, interesting down that bottom of the table to the end of the season now. There's so many teams in that in that little uh, box at the moment that could get relegated. So I'm looking forward to, to seeing how that uh, concludes over the, the coming weeks.
2: Great to have you on the show, Scott. Uh, thanks very much for your time. We'll chat with you on Friday, get your selections for the big games on the weekend. Chat then.
0: Love it. Cheers, guys.